0: Welcome to the Top Business Leaders podcast. You'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more and to download our show notes, go to topbusinessleaders.com. Welcome, everyone. I am pleased to welcome my good friend, Justin Brady, to our show. Justin, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, Dan. Thanks for having me on the podcast. This is real fun. Cool. Great. Uh, you've written a number of books. You write for The Washington Post. Uh, and you've also had an amazing failure. And today we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to talk about how not to write a successful <laughs> ebook. I'm I'm uh,
1: glad to embarrass myself for the uh, better learning of your listeners.
0: (laughs) Great, Justin. Why don't you give us a little bit of background on who you are and what you do, and tell us about uh, the book that you tried to make a success, and I'll (laughs) ask some (laughs) follow-up questions along the way. You know,
1: in in retrospect, I guess I didn't try that hard to make it a success, but um, no, basically... Like you said, I've written for the Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, Harvard Business Review, a few others mixed in there. And that writing caught the attention of a literary agent, and I wasn't really used to this. So, um, uh, well, (laughs) he reached out and said, hey, your writing style is very unique. What he meant by that was not correct. But I guess was a good thing in in this case. He says you have a casual business writing. You're it's not you're not obviously not formally trained in this, which is good because I like the flow. And so we started working on how to pitch that. And um, there were a few publishers that expressed interest, a few big ones. I'm not really sure if I'm allowed to say who they are. I I don't really know, so I'll just avoid saying who they are. And they liked the book idea. They liked all that. But they said, at the end of the day, we don't know if this guy has enough exposure out there. And Dan, as you already know, book publishers, if you're going to go through a traditional publisher like Penguin or something like that, they, these days, pretty much want you to already have the marketing piece done so they don't have to do that. And so uh, the thick of it was, sorry, kid, go build a bigger audience and come back to us later when you have that, and then we'll do it. And so I just went off and write my own little ebook for fun because, for those that know me, they know I'm not too bright. So uh, they <laughs> they wondered, mm-hmm. Justin, how does an idiot like you end up writing for the Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, and Harvard Business Review? How does that even happen? How do you get on these interviews? How does this stuff happen? And so I wrote this just um, long ebook about how that happens, and just threw it on Amazon and threw it on my website. I figured. I'll just add um, uh, email addresses. I'll, I'll add email addresses to a database and give it out for free. And I don't, I think I handed, I, I think maybe total, I've given out maybe 50 or 100 of them, I think total. And I think as far as sales on Amazon, I have like one sale. <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh. So there you go. There, there's, uh, I just did not do a really good job marketing it or pushing it out there. And honestly, I just wrote it to get it out of my head and throw it up somewhere. And I didn't have any strategy at all behind it, all.
0: Okay, let's take a step back and put a little bit of uh, skin on the skeleton here. What was the book about and what did you want the book to do for you?
1: So I think those are that's you asked a big you asked a question that indicates, I think, the bigger problem. But the book was about. Uh, it was called Mind to Mill- It's actually still out there. You can go buy it if you want. Or you can just email me and I'll give it to you for free. Uh, it's called Mind to Millions. And it was basically like if you have no idea how to get your ideas published and get people to pay attention to you, here are the steps I went through and it actually worked. It's a nitty-gritty, uh, step-by-step, here's how it all worked kind of thing. I'm very raw and open and honest. Um, as far as you know, what I wanted it to do for me, uh, I put no thought behind that at all. I just kind of wrote the book to get it out of my head and, you know, thinking people ask me this question a lot, therefore, they'll probably download this a lot if I give them the opportunity. So that never happened.
0: Why do you think so?
1: Uh, I mean, I think it comes down to I didn't have any strategy behind it. I didn't have any real purpose other than get it out of my head and get it down. And I didn't leverage this tool in any meaningful way Whatsoever, there was no strategy. There was no, there, there was nothing except get it out of my head and get it published somewhere. That's that's about as far as it went.
0: So the idea of follow your dream and uh, everything wonderful will happen is not the strategy that worked for you. <laughs> I guess
1: I guess not. I mean, I don't know that. I would say truthfully, that book was not my dream. Now there is a book in my head that is kind of a. I don't. I don't even know if you can call it a dream anymore, but there is a, a book in my head that I think would be extremely valuable and helpful to people. Uh, that one wasn't it, but that one was just written because I legit, I, I, I figured a ton of people just wanted that kind of advice, but you know, maybe they were wrong or maybe I just marketed it wrong.
0: Do you think with a different marketing plan it might uh it might work in fact, you know no book is ever really dead uh, you could promote True. any book time because no one knows or cares when any book was ever really uh, originally published.
1: yeah, I suppose I could do that i mean there there may be a market for it um i I think that maybe the I had built a lot of relationships with people, and because they knew me they had these genuine questions about, oh, how do you do that? But once I got outside those core relationships, I don't think there was any raw interest from some random guy um, ended up getting featured in all these publications. Here's how he did it. I think that was a different message to communicate to people I didn't know. And I never spent the time to understand what that message was and ultimately put any kind of strategy behind
0: it. So so the book was about how to get published on big city newspaper sites, or at least the three that you've you've worked with, as opposed to how to write a book, correct?
1: Uh, Well, so that one was more about how to... um, So the book itself was about how to get your creative ideas and those things you're truly passionate about in front of millions of people, because that's something I did. And, and you know, looking back... You know, I was, I had to retrace my steps. How did the heck did this whole thing happen? Like, I'm, you know, I, I didn't really, I don't have any amazing credentials. And, you know, when I wrote my first article in the Wall Street Journal, you know, truthfully, there was no, I didn't have any real credibility. I didn't, I wasn't a national name. I was a no name from Des Moines, Iowa. And the only thing I had was just a unique angle, I suppose.
0: So tell us, what are some steps for getting our ideas out there? <laughs> that, that that would be useful. People, people uh, who listen to this podcast do have ideas. They do want to get the ideas out there. And what steps did you take to make that happen?
1: Well, so I, I think the first thing is to understand that your ideas are truly unique. I, I think a lot of people, well, okay, so let's, well, I don't want to use negative examples, but l- let's just say, look at look at the crazy ideas out there the crazy idea is that you go home shaking your head thinking how could millions of people think blank you know how could millions of people support this like whether it's uh, the newest uh teletubby trend or 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 whatever or if it's a political thing you know i i i'm often thinking how could someone think that and and much less how could a group of 2 million people think that and I think what that indicates is no matter how different or original you feel your idea is, that I, you know, that, that thing you know deep down inside that you kind of want to shout from the mountaintops, but you're nervous that no one's going to agree with you and you're going to be alone. The chances of you being alone in that idea and opinion are very, 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 very small. It's, I mean, it's probably impossible that you're the only person thinking that way. And so if you put that out there, I think people are scared that there's going to be no one And they're going to be ostracized. And the fact of the matter is, uh, I mean, truthfully, the crazier the idea, the more likely you may be to develop a massive following. So I think the first step is for people to understand that if there's an idea they're truly passionate about and they don't see it being represented that well anywhere, that, I mean, that's probably a good indicator you should write something about that and go all in on. I think that would be step one
0: anyway. Okay, that, that, that's a good idea. Tell us, how did you pitch the Wall Street Journal and the Washington Post and those other places? Just give us one example, I guess. Because uh, you, you were you know, a no-name from the middle of nowhere, and they loved it. <laughs> so uh, lots of people listening to this podcast are in the exact same position. Uh, they're not famous people, but they want to become famous people. So uh, how did you convince them that your idea was worth spreading?
1: Yeah. So again, it comes down to knowing your idea has value. But the other step is I think people have this delusion that um, you have to, well, I just wrote an article last week on my website and justinkbrady.com. And the whole idea is about people have this myth that unless they have this deep, thick, Rolodex of incredible journalists and contacts that um, they're that none of these people are going to waste a second on you. You know, you have to have all these great contacts and live in New York City. Otherwise, people, you, you know, you're going to get screened out, you can't touch them, you can't speak to them, they don't want to listen to you. But the, if you really think about that, it, it it becomes more and more ridiculous, the more you think about it. Um Basically, Journalists these days, especially these days, and editors and opinion editors are so much more sensitive about great work than they used to be. They're also more sensitive about bias. And so the, when someone tells you, oh, you know, such and such PR agency is more effective. We can get you placed in places. Um, you know, you know, it's all because of our connections. What they're really saying is, you know, our connections are biased to work with only our articles. They will listen to us and they will run news that we push. Now if you really think about that that's not true because you know journalists are supposed to be objective. They're supposed to be truthful. So what I've found is that journalists and editors they just want the truth. They want great ideas and they want the truth, and they want good story angles. And if you can provide that to them, and if you can do so in a way that you know, makes sense, you can send them a really, really short pitch that makes a lot of sense to them, if they can vet you in some capacity, they'll probably run it. And so that's all I did with the Wall Street Journal. I was working with, um, I was working with a lot of companies at the time uh, doing just graphic design. And I started to notice several patterns. And I mean, this is a really long story. And I do talk about it in that book, obviously. But the shortened version is that I basically started taking all my clients through a process meant to deceive them. Now I didn't tell them this, but I had a notebook. And um, what I was figuring out is every time I launched a project, but whether it be a new branding or a new brochure, there would be immediate resistance from the client. And they'd push back on it and say, well, actually, I think purple would be a better color. And I was like, well, come on now. you know, Any designer will tell you everyone's a designer. And so I came up with this clever idea where I was going to deceive everybody. And the way I did that is I got a notebook and I wrote down every little thing everyone in the room said, no matter what it was, uh, their favorite kind of sheets, favorite kind of toothpaste, where they went to spring break, anything. And I would try to build profiles around these people. And then when I revealed a project, I would tell them, don't say anything. Let me reveal the project and explain the process, and then I will open it up for questions and, and, and discussion. And so, when I would reveal the project, I'd attach everything to them directly and say, "You can see this uh, gradient we used here with this color schematic, and you know, or this color scheme. And the reason we use that is because Jim over there uh, was talking about this. And so, my in my head, it was this brilliant method of um, checking their egos and basically already showing them, look, your ideas are already involved. You know, you don't need to push back on ego and try to get your feedback implemented to impress your boss. This was already made with your feedback. And so it worked. And the design changes literally came to a screeching halt. No one wanted new changes. I made more money. Things were simpler. Customers were happy. And then I realized I wasn't deceiving them at all. I just had become a better listener. And I had become better at empathy. And I was being more trustworthy. And so I wrote this article, pitched it at the Wall Street Journal, and the title's called Some Companies Foster Creativity, Others Fake It. And it was about what I call the let principle, which is listen, empathize, and trust. And those three facets build up the let principle. And I believe to my core, and I can't remember when I wrote this, 2012, 2013 maybe, um, but since that day, the additional research I've done has only made – that let principle more concrete. And so, I mean, to this point, I think it's ironclad. If your company has a problem, if your politics have a problem, if the Democrat and Republican parties have a problem, it's because they don't listen, they don't empathize, and they certainly do not trust. And if you put those into your culture, that's one major component of fixing the culture. And so I wrote this, and here's the the nitty-gritty, how it happened. I wrote it. I pitched it. I, I looked for like contacts at the Wall Street Journal, just using Google. And I found a lady named Tracy Corrigan, and I just sent her the article. And I left a voicemail for her and said, hey, I'm sending this over. And I, my, in my mind, the best approach was just to be as honest as humanly possible, because these people read through BS for a living. And so I just sent it to Tracy and I said, Tracy, I think I, think I even included the words, um, sorry if I'm doing this wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, sorry if I'm doing this wrong, but I had a piece that I think would genuinely <clears throat> be beneficial for your readers. I think they'd love it. And I wanted you to see it. And so she responds, hey, Justin, thanks so much for sending the piece. I'm not a good fit for this. I'm the UK editor, but I have looped in Paul Gio. And uh, Paul, when I Googled his name as a Pulitzer Prize winner, and he was the like, head of the wall street journals, something or other section. And he was like the top dog. I could not believe she just looped me into this guy. He responds, thanks for sending the piece. We'll read through it. And a week later he's like, thanks for sending it. Uh, we're going to run it nationally print and web and Mark Laswell, our, uh, our, um, editorials guy is going to be in touch to help you edit it down. It was a bit long. And so that was it. Like I just, Google the right person and sent a very honest and transparent pitch. And it was within my wheelhouse. They were able to search and find that I did actually have clients in this space. And they ran it. That's a really long-winded version of a huge story, but that's the best I can do.
0: Okay, cool. That, that gives us a better idea of what the whole book is about and all that good stuff. And also gives us some tips on how to pitch reporters, which is cool. Uh, let's talk about the book writing process. What did you learn about writing an ebook? that you wish you knew before you started?
1: That is, that is a really good question. Um, I mean, I think I wish, well, I mean, looking back, I wish I would have spent more time on, with, with someone sitting down and saying, what do you want to accomplish through this? Uh, I think that is the big thing I wish I would have known or spent more time on before starting. I wish I had an end game. I wish I had a process. I wish I had, um, uh, um, um, yeah, I I wish I had a process and a method for the madness. I wish someone said, okay, what's the point? Why are you doing this? Um, uh, you know, I think going through the literary agent experience, I did in fact, write in just massive pitch to a bunch of these book publishers that, uh, and we interacted with a few of them that all of your listeners and you would definitely know, but, you know, that in and of itself, um, the literary agent guy kind of walked me through all the steps. So he was gracious enough to give me that education. But I would say before that, the one thing I didn't think of is just the, the editing of something that massive. I never even imagined the editing. And I think the other thing I learned in the, publishing this ebook, even though it's very, very short, is I, I didn't understand writing minimums. In books, And then again, this is, if you're going to use a big major publisher, they mandate like uh, words in the book, like, you know, I think like a 30,000 word minimum or something. And so I was asking the agent, I was like, what, what is this about? Like, this is a bunch of bull. Um, You know, if someone can write uh, the world's best book in 10,000 words, why are they going to mandate 30,000? And I think this is why you read a book. And you get halfway through and they start repeating themselves and it becomes really boring. I think this is why, because their idea could have been distilled into a shorter book, but they were forced to stretch it for um, publisher minimums. And so uh, I don't know what his response was, but I think that the reason publishers do this, and maybe I'm wrong, there's probably maybe a publisher listening that can say that's totally wrong. I think they do it just to make the books thicker because if you you're going to pay more money if the book is bigger. And if it's a big chunk sitting on a table, you'll pay more money for it. Whereas if it's a tiny book, you want to pay less money for it. People are just literally buying weight. Um, Now, what they don't know is from a printing perspective, it's relatively the same price it is to print a big book and a a smaller book. Um, But I I literally think it's all weight. So um, yeah, those are some things I just had no idea or factors Uh, in, you know, publishing. And I mean, I had a bunch of buddies who were in editing and great writers all read through this book. My sister read through it. My dad read through it over and over again. And we just kept finding little editorial errors. And I had no idea that process alone would take that long.
0: Yeah. uh, To uh, clarify a few of your points, uh, the book has to be at least a certain minimum width in order to stand out on a bookshelf remember most books are placed spine out not face out the face out books are basically paid for to be face out by the publisher that's a marketing expense that's why some books are are out and some books are on the end cap and some books are just spine out and if you have a ten thousand word book um it's probably less than 100 pages and you can't fit your name or your title on that spine I made the mistake of having a book of about 98 pages, which was just small enough so I could not print print the name on the spine. And that's my horror story that I, wore, that I wear as a badge of shame. So I tell my clients, we're looking at about 20,000 words uh, for a big business card book, a book that can position you as a thought leader who, should, who could be trusted uh, and lead them from mess to success. And obviously, good to great could be 60 or 80,000 words. But there have been bestsellers like uh, Who moved my cheese and the one minute manager, that are very very small books. Uh, in fact, if they're a hundred pages uh, long, I, I'd, I'd be surprised. But somehow they they fly off the bookshelf. So there's an exception to every rule. So well,
1: can't I just can't we just put them in a box then?
0: <laughs> well, that's I mean, come d-
1: on now, making these poor writers write a minimum of thirty thousand words. Give me a break. I'm, you know, I'm, do you agree with me at all? Like, does anyone agree with me that? Some of these books by the time you get halfway through are just like they start repeating themselves and you're just like, oh my gosh, please, please, please condense these ideas
0: there is one famous book that I will not mention because I'll get into trouble I'll tell you offline <laughs> uh, that fits that mode exactly but that's that's one of the beauty of ebooks because it doesn't matter how long an ebook is right. uh, if, if you have ten thousand 10, words tells your story or 5,000 words tells your story you're done people are happy and they don't right. have that bloat that people are talking about okay we're wrapping it up now so again are there any lessons to be learned beyond what you've talked about so far. Uh, I've gotten from you, you need a marketing plan. You need an idea of what the book wants to do, can do for you. Editing takes longer than you'd ever think. Um, and you have to listen to, to publishers on, on their word demands. Are there any other closing tips you would have for us?
1: Yeah. Lead with the dangerous ideas. I think, I think, you know, that crazy idea in your head that you think is offensive or stupid, or you'll get ostracized for. (laughs) Maybe I'll regret this later, Dan, but I think that's the idea you lead with, and that's the idea you go all in on.
0: Great. Justin, how can people get in touch with you, and what kind of people do you want to work with?
1: Uh, so I want to work with really edgy brands. A lot of my the brands I'm working with right now are in advanced manufacturing, technology, bionics, aerospace, that kind of stuff. So uh, if anybody wants to get their get more attention in their market space, I want to wor- I want to work with you. My website is justinkbrady.com and at the bottom There's a cool little menu, and there's a little contact button in the menu, and it will literally message my phone directly if you fill out the information. It's super simple. It's like two fields, and you hit enter, and you don't have to click check boxes, any of that junk. I think that's like the thing on the website we spent the most time on. (laughs) So justinkbrady.com. Click the menu button on the bottom and hit contact, and that'll buzz my phone.
0: Thank you, Justin. Thanks, Dan. This was fun. Thanks for listening to Top Business Leaders, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.